Hello, Achroisonol. Welcome back to Fearless in Devotion, your podcast about all things Wrexham AFC with me, John Motson, Tim Edwards, Andy Gilpin and Liam Randall. Uh, today, we've got a great episode coming up for you with a bona fide Wrexham legend. Actually, our first ever guest on this podcast. Uh, we've interviewed everyone in Wrexham, so we're just going back to the start now. Stay tuned for that. Uh, but first, some housekeeping. We are sponsored by the Fat Bull, Wrexham's finest eatery. Thanks to them, as ever, for their fantastic support. And you can also support us by doing all those things that Gen Z YouTubers ask their fans to do, which we are now going to ask you to do, as we are on the YouTube as well. Leave us a review, follow us on Twitter, add us on Bebo, etc. You can even buy us a coffee to help us pay for the platform fees and Andy's nicotine addiction. And you can access all that and more via a website. So get a pen and paper because here it comes. Hang, no, H- no, hang on, hang on. If my mum sees this, I do not smoke. All right? Okay. okay. I do not smoke. Fair enough. Um, here comes the uh, address. Uh, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash link tr.ee forward slash fearless id zine it really is that simple guys anyway um enough that of that let's simple. crack on that was the... not simple <laughs> let's crack on with the podcast uh, we're recording just after um momentous occasion for the women's team tim yeah they are promoted to the Gennaro adran premier so they'll be slugging out with the likes of swansea and cardiff next season um, so, yeah, Rebecca Pritchard got the only goal of a very tense match against Britain Ferry down at Newtown. Really good game, to be fair. Um, Britain Ferry were, were probably the better side for a lot of spells of the game, but, you know, you make your own luck. And, yeah, Rebecca Pritchard's finish is ridiculous. It's from such a mad angle. I don't know if she's got any right to get to it, but Rosie Hughes, not the score sheet, but she's the provider. And, yeah, just, just delighted for everybody involved um, with the setup, you know, Gemma Owen, uh, Steve Dale, just all of them that involved, all the players, they've really gone one step further. And we know what, you know, we're hoping that the men follow suit. Obviously, they they fell at the final hurdle last season. So to get over the line is is really great. And, you know, let, let's make no illusions that they're now going to be the first um, semi-pro women's team in Wales, which is a, another feather in the cap and, and for the club in general, really. So a massive... Is that all in Wales? So like Swansea and Cardiff yeah, are yeah, semi-pro? They're, they're, they're not even semi-pro. So Wrexham oh, wow. are the first ones to do it. So trailbla- Trailblazers, um, massive, massive congratulations from everybody here to uh, to the Wrexham women. Oh, can I just say one thing? Um, that keeper's performance was brilliant, Tim. Yeah, super Dal Morgan and goal, as the yeah. song now goes. Uh, I don't, don't remember Ben Foster anymore. So, yeah, tremendous, tremendous goalkeeping. A um, couple of late saves right at the death. You know, one just before full-time and one in added time. Just just amazing. Really, really, really good performance. Um, and, yeah, I imagine she will be, um, she will be uh, one of the... One of the stars of the show on the on the on the journey back on the bus over tonight, but yeah, massive congratulations to all of them, and uh, looking forward to seeing those games uh, at at uh, the Rock at Kevin Drews's ground next season. I'm sure it's gonna gonna pull in some real sizable crowds. And of course, that opens up qualification for Europe after next season, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think we, we had Gemma Owen at Grossel Reds meeting a couple of weeks ago, and. You know, she said the dream is to to get into the Champions League. So, 
you know, as and when that comes around. And I've got no doubt that they will. They're going to continue building. And, you know, it's no different to the men's team in that respect. It's like they're going to want to keep progressing and keep blossoming. So to get Champions League football back at the race course, I mean, there's only one way that's going to happen at the moment in a shorter term format, and it's going to be through the women. So let's not discount it. We learned, something we've learned in the last two years is that anything is possible with Wrexham Football Club. So, um, yeah, amazing. Champions League nights under the lights. That's what we want. Yeah, away day at uh, the Camp Nou sounds pretty good to me. But anyway, back to slightly more gritty surroundings, the Hive at Barnet, North London. Andy, it's your favourite place to go, isn't it? You were there yesterday. Why? Why you say that? Don't know. Just because you live in North London, or you did, or you don't anymore. Do you live in West London? It used to be the closest ground to me, yeah. Um, it's not... It's, it's an okay place to go. Were you there yesterday? I was. Keeping a low profile. I, I did say. It's just I was... I was. I, it was a fleeting visit. I had to... I was late arriving, then I had to leave straight after. It was in It was in the group chat, might I add, in uh, Reese's defence. Thank you. Oh, I'll have to read everything you guys say. Um, yeah. Uh, I took my mate James, who's got he's got cancer at the moment. So I thought the best way to cheer him up was it was a was a Wrexham game, um, and a nil nil draw. Uh yeah. He, By the uh, way, sorry to hear that. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I mean that's fine. He's been to three he's been to three Wrexham games this season. Um, he's been to Boreham away, Maidenhead away, and Barnet away. So he's never seen us win. But <laughs> I sort of needed wow. a draw yesterday. I thought so. I thought yeah, let's let's bring James to Drawmeister. Is James one of your other exes? What do you mean exes? Well, because they never watch C Rex and Wind, do they? Didn't your didn't your previous? Didn't, <laughs> didn't... Yeah, it'd be hard for me to dump James with, with cancer at the moment as as a, as a pal, but you know. Um... <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> I, enough. I don't think even I could do that. It's taking it's taking a dark turn. It's taking a dark turn. Let's let, let's let's get. You've back. led me down that dark path, <laughs> Reese. After you said at the beginning, let's do nothing controversial. <laughs> the first thing you do puts us down a bloody controversial path. I just don't want to be doing a YouTube apology tearful video. Uh, I get nightmares about it. Um, we, we, so we, we cheer Andy up. We don't want him to drive, drive it to smoking or anything like that. So no, we, no, that would be that would be a terrible relapse. Yeah. Um, on the pitch, I mean, first things first. I mean, not much to talk about first half, but then, and I know we're going to talk about this with the guest we got coming on soon. Um, things took a turn early in the second half, Tim, with uh, Callum McFadden's red card. What were your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, straight away I thought, uh, yeah, he's 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 possibly going to go, and lo and behold, he has split a lot of opinion. I put a poll out on the on the Twitter account. I think fifty one percent. Um, we had like 2,000 votes, bizarrely. It's quite, it's quite, quite a high amount um, of people voting. But from 2,000, 51% said they felt he was hard done by and the other was felt it was deserved. So I think it depends on your viewing angle. If you're in the ground, it depends on how many pints sunk probably as well. I don't know. But for me, I just thought he didn't need to get it. He didn't need to go for it. The ball was won. He's left his foot in. And then it's the sort of, the, the sort of unnatural kick back as well like a sort of mini donkey kick um and you know what I, was, I, was, I watched it back again today and the thing that doesn't help him very well either whether it would have made any shred of difference which it probably wouldn't have his body language if if i haven't touched him and the referee's blown up and you're thinking oh he's pulling me in here you'd be absolutely fighting your corner like there's no way of touching him absolutely no way and i just felt um fadzin's uh, body language was a bit like 
all right, fair cop, almost. It was weird. It was, it was a half-hearted protest for him, I felt. I was the same as you, Tim. I had a pretty good view of it. And instantly when it happened, I was like, oh, that was a weird thing to do. And I looked straight at the ref. And I, when I clocked, the ref has seen it and he blew his whistle. I was like, oh, he's gone, yeah. Because as soon as you've decided this contact, they're, they're, what, you know, what else can you do? If, if you know, It doesn't matter how much someone milks contact. If you've caught them with a foot on, on their head, you're in trouble. Liam, you were watching it with the benefit of cameras, replays, different angles. What, what, what was the consensus in your household and of the commentators? Um, I think, well, I was, I was watching it solo at my parents' house while everyone else was outside avoiding my, uh, my angst fest. But um, it, was, it was one of those situations where I think what you would say is he's given the referee the choice there to make. And from what I'm led to believe, I think the referee, I can't remember his name that was with us yesterday, is quite held in quite high regard. He's quite well rated um, in the National League. And I think there was about, they, they do as they always do on BT, you know, several different angles. First couple, I wasn't convinced. And then there's one where you get the, the full view of it. And you can just see him flick his foot back. And I think that's the movement for me that sealed his fate. I, I think you can say it's harsh, but ultimately, if you give a referee a choice, they're going to take it, aren't they? So, yeah. Now, that referee was going to take the choice. I think I think is the difference. I mean, I don't know what you want to do to this referee's dog, Liam. Um, after last week, I thought he was quite theatrical. I thought there was there was a lot of times where he couldn't wait to blow up for for Barnet, and then was thinking long and hard about maybe maybe giving us a free kick, Ollie Palmer especially. So you know, I thought I thought he, not one of the the better performances, but but you know, who knows. And right. right on cue, here's our uh, <coughs> guest for today, Wrexham legend Mickey Thomas. Welcome, Mickey. How are you doing? I'm doing good, but I think I'm a little bit tired, not been sleeping very well. Obviously, Wrexham promotion is making me a little bit anxious and nervous. <laughs> yeah, I think we all know that feeling, mate. Um, we're just discussing, actually, um, might as well get straight into it, the red card yesterday. Andy, we, you've got the footage, haven't you? Uh, right. Okay. So, Mickey, bear with us because we're we're trying a new thing where we're trying to put we're trying to put um, footage into into this YouTube thing. Okay. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I see. Yeah. 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 So basically, I I've explained it really well. Uh, trying to put YouTube footage into a YouTube thing, but right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try Still it. On, Andy. Okay. Oh. 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 Good. Oh, it's slow. Palmer's header. Acrobatics from Mullen. Walker able to fall upon it. Now, did he get a kick there? Certainly. Oh, it's a red card. Wrexham down to ten men. Callum McFadden on the goalkeeper. You could see that the Barnet players were immediately incensed. They all went to referee Ed Duckworth who had no hesitation in sending off the Wrexham man. His return to the first team today has ended in disaster. Yeah, you can normally tell by the, the player's reaction that something's gone off there. So Mullin tries to get the acrobats there, and it's a comfortable save, isn't it? He just leaves a little bit on him. It's unnecessary. I know Walker's going to be OK, but that's just unnecessary. Doesn't need to do it. It's poor, isn't it? And I think the referee had no 
choice but to send him off. There's just no need for this at all. Right, watching that, Mickey, what, what are your thoughts? Well, in today's modern game, the way it's going, it's sending off. I mean, he, he had a look at thought about it. He made his decision fairly quickly, didn't he? So in that respect, he probably thought it was the right decision. I don't think it's a red card. Uh, but as I think the way the game is today, you know, well, that anything, anything now you do is obviously a sending off offence. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was harsh. I don't know if you saw the game, uh, Mickey, but yeah, I, I did. The referee, yeah. yeah, I thought. What did you think the referee's performance overall? I mean, I, I've what got one of you. What, what performance? It was. He had a shocker. Um, Thank a very, you. Uh, yeah, a referee that obviously favoured the home side, and maybe the occasion was too big for him as well. Um, you know, it was on TV, thousands of people watching all around the world, so that might have played a part in his poor performance. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, overall, what did you think of the performance? I'm not bothered about that. I'm not, I'm not looking at performances. I'm looking for points. I, I don't care how we do it, as long as we get, obviously, back into the football league. So, at this stage of the season, and you know, it, it's not about how you play. It's how you win. You know, it might not be pretty. We got a big point there yes, uh, on Saturday. Without doubt, that was a massive point. You know, we haven't lost that game. It could have been a little more difficult than running. But now with that point, you know, we are going up, aren't we? Come on, lads. We'll get into that later. But just because this is all a bit different for us, Mickey, just because after the dock, there's a lot more interest in this in this podcast. So at the beginning, I was sort of thinking, all right, this is the man who needs no introduction. But I'm going to give you an introduction anyway, just because I think some US listeners may, may need to know a little bit more about you. So... Guys, meet a stone-cold legend. Two successful spells for Wrexham, playing in two promotion seasons, 15 years apart. 350 games, 40 goals, the most iconic in our history. After leaving this the first time, he went to Manchester United, Everton, Chelsea, Stoke, 51 caps for Wales. Leaving us the second time, you went to Port Maddock. Never mind. He's the one. He's the only Mickey Thomas. <laughs> Another. You applause. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> a beautiful introduction that was. Probably the best I've had. You sound like oh, a horse racing no, commentator towards the end of that. <laughs> We're out of breath. You said oh, that the goodness. last time, Mickey. You say that to all the introduction guys. Yeah, no, but it was good. You've been practicing, I can tell. Uh, I know, I know. I have been, actually, in the mirror. Mickey, before we sort of get on to the promotion season, um, can I talk to you about America? Uh, it's just because there's so much interest in the club from from over the pond. And, of course, you went over there in 80, 86 to 88. How did that come about? Uh, well, obviously, I was playing for Wales uh, against Harlan, uh, uh, obviously, over there. And Owen Hand, uh, the manager, former manager, came up to me, how do you fancy playing in America? And I said, well, yeah, OK. I just said, yeah, like that. Not really thinking I was going to go end up playing football there. So... Uh, I was probably the first player ever to be bought indoor soccer. We were sold out 10,000 every game. Uh, it was a game, though, with no physical contact. So that didn't really suit me because I was a quite aggressive player in, in my time. So I kept getting sent off and ejected from the stadium even. So wow. it, it, all, it all came to an end in the semi-final. We're playing in Vancouver. <clears throat> and Charlie, Charlie Cook, the former Chelsea uh, player, uh, great player, he was a manager and I got sent off again in the semi-final. So I was sitting in the dressing room after, and he comes in, he said, you've been sent off again. And I went, in a real game, I wouldn't have been sent off. And these Americans are looking at me thinking, what does he mean by a real game? So yeah, it was 
obviously that's the way they put the game over there. It wasn't real, real football. It was non-contact, but it was exciting because it was end-to-end -end stuff. Uh, 10 players, five at, at one time, quick change of personnel every two or three minutes. So it was a fast and furious game. Uh, but for me, it wasn't really what I wanted to be involved in at this stage of my career. I wanted to get back home and, and come back and finish my career. I love the fact that it's a non-contact sport and you managed to get sent off twice. That's uh, oh, more, that's more quite an that. achievement. I, I, more, it was more than that, I think five or six times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kept getting ejected because once you make one thing, they, they give you a card. And once you do something else, they, they evict you from the stage. And that's how they used to do. Do the, do the refs do that dramatic thing that they do in basketball where they go like, ejection, and you've got to sort of go yeah, off in, in a cloud yeah. of shame? Yeah, it's the American way, it? obviously, all the razzmatazz and that, you know, you come out in, into the game one by one, they introduce you, uh, in, you know, in a spotlight and that. It, obviously, well put together, and that's what the Americans do, they're good at putting things over. And now we've obviously wrecked them in uh, America now, big time, that's for sure. They're getting massive coverage. I do a, a lot on American radio, um, and they always talk about Manchester United, but always Wrexham coming to the conversation. That's how big Wrexham have gone. And I'd just like to what, say quickly yeah. for all our American listeners, you know, I've always loved all American things, despite what I said earlier. So, What did you say earlier? Nothing. Play it back. Okay. Um, Right. Uh, sorry, American friends for Faris. Um, right. Mickey, you sort of touched on it, but what, what, firstly, what did you think of the doc? You, have you seen it all? So, sorry, I didn't get that. Sorry. Firstly, sorry. what do you think of the doc? The documentary. The documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's fantastic. Anything like that is enormous now. You can understand all around this country, everywhere now is talking about Wrexham Football Club. Um, these two guys, Rob and Ryan, have done an incredible job. You know, they, they're big superstars, aren't they? Uh, they have a good team behind them. The profile is so high. Now, Wrexham now, it mentioned everywhere now, CNN News, Sky News, you know, Sky Sports News. And don't forget, we're in the National League, not in the Football League. That's how big it's gone. Yeah, I mean, the doc has ignited all these US fans, and you're probably in a better position than most to see sort of the the, the feeling for, for for soccer in the US. Do you think that a lot a lot of these uh, US fans just needed a club to support, and they sort of bought into Wrexham because of the backstory? I think first and foremost, Andy, I, I, you know, the, the Premier League is the ultimate in America. You know that. That's what they focus on that. There's no question about that. Maybe sometimes in the championship, but really it's all the focus on the Premier League. But Wrexham have made an input. There's no question about that. And as I said, as long as Ryan and, and Rob are involved in that, this coverage, and it's going to be wild because it's a great story so far. We're on the verge, hopefully, of promotion. It's a magnificent story. They took over a club going nowhere for 15 years and they've turned it around. Incredible what they've done. Um, have you met Ryan and Rob yet? No, they haven't met me, Andy. <laughs> Why are you in the dock? Come on, you could have been primed. I, I, I am going to be in it. I've been doing some work. And I, yeah, I, I kept away a little bit in that because I think, you know, it's about them and <clears throat> it's about the present team, not about me. And I, I've had my, my glory days and that. I've enjoyed them, of course I have. And that. But it's, it's, it's about the new Wrexham now and, and, and I'm on board with that one. And I, I'm enjoying it. And that, it's great to see people because... 
They never mentioned Mickey so much place for Man United in Wales. They never mentioned really Wrexham. So it's nice now to get that accolade that Wrexham are something that people know about as a football club. I mean, I'm not on board with that, Mickey. I want to see three episodes on Mickey Thomas. So make sure, I bet I, if the documentary, I, actually, I know that they listen to this, the documentary makers. So get Mickey Thomas on season two, prime uh, front and centre. Yeah, I, as I said, I've been doing quite a lot of work the last few days and that last couple of weeks and that. So I will have uh, some coverage, uh, I'm sure, uh, when it comes out the next one. Glad to hear. I'm talking about this sort of Wrexham team. Have you seen much of them this season and who sort of stands um, out for you? Well, I think before I talk about the team uh, and, the, uh, and the guys is that it's the manager that for me has been the crucial signing because as you well know, guys, and I know, I've been highly critical over the years about the way the, the team's ended at the seasons through the you know, manager not being good enough. And I know it's sometimes not nice to say, but you have to be brutally honest about things. Uh, Phil Parkinson, obviously, and Steve Parkin, have done what we want. They've got a team together, assembled. Yeah, it's cost a few, uh, Bob, whatever. It's a big squad. And I've always said about this non-league, the National League, you have to have money to keep yourself, you know, enhance your chances of promotion. If you look at the Forest Greens, the Salfords and Fleetwood, and that, they've all had that type of money and it does help you. So, yeah, in that respect, you know, it's gone in the right way. And as I said, I'm delighted the way it's going. I mean, just sort of looking um, back to your sort of promotion side, the 77 one, um, the year before, much like Wrexham, it sort of, it fell, it fell away a little bit towards the end and then you came back really strong, strong the season after. Did, did even that fade help you a little bit through the next season? You were a bit more, a bit more sort of experience of, of what you needed to do at that point of the season. Yeah, I'll tell you what, guys, the one thing that sticks in my mind, it's a long, long time ago, is that when we didn't get promotion that season, when we were guaranteed, but we fell short, somehow we never got that promotion, is when I drove outside that ground onto the Marine Road at Wrexham, and there's a little boy there with a scarf on, crying his eyes out, and I wound down my window, and obviously I tried to console him, and, it, and I said, I know we've let you down, I said, but next season we will do it, I'll do it for you. And I kept that memory in my mind the following season and when we actually got that promotion guys that 7-1 victory the referee was about to blow the whistle and I said to the referee no play another five minutes and the Rotherham player I don't know who his name was I forget he said no Mickey you're winning 7-1 I said yeah but last season was a nightmare I you know I want to enjoy it a little bit more and you know and get the rewards what we deserved last year we're getting them now so he was a little bit disappointed I want to continue the game but as I said we went up in emphatic style I mean, coming in, we're coming to the business end of the season now. We've got, was it, three games left, um, two at home, one away. What does a squad need at this point? And, and do they have it? Uh, they need bottle, that's for sure. I mean, we've seen against Grimsby uh, last year, um, you know, big occasions and that. That's where your big players step up to the mark and that. And I think the manager will, you know, in, in obviously the build-up to these games and, you know, make the mistake, Yeovil are struggling, we know that in the, in, the, in the National League. 
but we still have to do a professional job. So you have to be focused. And our home form is an exceptional one. You know, I, I don't fear it at home. I, I believe we'll, we'll win every game now. There's no question about that. But you still have to put in the performance. And I think the squad of 11 he selected is important as well. So he's done that right throughout the course of his season. Made one or two changes. He brought Ben Foster in at a crucial time, experienced goalkeeper, been there and done it. So in that respect, the players that he's brought in, O'Connor and that, all good players. So that makes me more confident now going to the racehorse ground, believing that we will win every game. Mickey, um, you know, I, you know, some people are tempted to overreact to things like yesterday, aren't they? But do you think they'll be, you mentioned how focused they'll be, because before the game yesterday, the maths was we needed seven points from 12. You know, uh, obviously that hasn't really changed because I think most Wrexham fans looking at that will have thought, right, that just means point in one of our two away games, win our two home games, and we win the title next Saturday. So they will just be relentlessly focused on winning those six points Tuesday night and Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I spoke to the manager um, a, a week ago and, you know, he obviously understands it, it, he's going to take one game at a time. I think that's the right process to do. One game at a time and, and focus on that game and let the rest come together eventually. So on, on, on Tuesday night, he will be thinking about Yeovil. He didn't think about that, you know, we win it, we're going to go up and that. He just wants to get over the line and obviously... This game at home is a, a huge game, more than the one at the weekend, because we win that. It's a severe pressure on Notts County now that, you know, we have to have an incredible slip up and that's not going to happen. Yeah, good stuff. Um, you mentioned Parkey. What, and you mentioned a couple of players there. Who who else has, who else has impressed you? I mean, you know, obviously we, we've got Mullin uh, and so many more who've, uh, uh, you know, really shown up this season. But who 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 is sort of, I don't know, who, who do you think maybe is a dark horse that doesn't quite get the credit they deserve in this current squad? Well, I think collectively as a team, you know, you know, the goal scorers always get the credit and never go on about the people that make the goals or contribute towards making the goals and that. So you're quite right. They, the ones that really don't get a mention. I, I think if you're looking at the, the squad in general, Luke Young, who hasn't had been able to have a game time at this moment in time, you know, he's had a, a magnificent season as being a captain. And even though he's not playing, he's not making any noises, you know, he's a professional player. He wants to continue, you know, and, and pushing towards that promotion spot. So in that respect, people like that don't rock the boat. Um, I've got, you know, one one thing in mind, promotion for the football club. At the similar Elliot Lee for me, I, I do like him. I think he's a clever player. I was a big fan, I'm a big fan of Jordan Davis as well. He's not getting much game time, but you know, Elliot Lee, who you need a little bit more than what you've got, and he provides that little bit of class. You know, he's got a footballing brain, there's no question about that. Not just a goal scorer, but creativity and that. He, you know, he's second to none for me, probably one of the best times we made for a very long time. Is there a bit of uh, Mickey Thomas and Elliot Lee? Well, I hope he has got my lifestyle because he won't be lasting long in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's a clever footballer. And as I said, uh, you know, guys, you watch week in, week out, home and away. You know, his contribution is very, very good. You know, I love Paul Mullen. He's a player that should be playing higher. There's no question about that. He's a, you know, a natural goal scorer. He proved that at Cambridge. And as I said, you know, other players, obviously Ollie Palm, I think people like that. It's obviously defensively minded, you know, talk about defence and that. You know, they never get mentioned, really. It's about a group of players coming together. But when you're 
the goal scorer and that people tend to forget about other players that are helping this, you know, the team to success in that. When we talk about um, Luke Young, have you, did you find it unusual that he was dropped or do you think it's just a sign perhaps of you know, the depth of our squad? That's a very good question, but I'll go back to what I just said about four or five minutes ago about the manager, Phil Parkinson. He knows what is right for that eleven. Week in, week out, he has, you know, a footballing brain. He's an experienced manager. And whether, you know, he's ruthless what he does, I don't mind him doing that. Because I thought maybe Luke Young would bounce straight back into that team. That hasn't been the case. You know, he knows and he sees things different from what we do. You know, he's got a different view on the game from where we are sitting or where we're standing. So you have to respect what he does. And you have to give him great credit for that. And that's why you talk about what the best player is this season. That it all comes down to the manager. He's the one that makes it right. He's the one that keeps it ticking over. He's the one that gets the results in the end because he's experiencing that dressing room, not after the game, it's before the game and at half time where he's got a big input. And, it, and this season has been perfect for me. Were you surprised to see his, um, his sending off uh, yesterday? I mean, I've watched it back and he points the finger at the goalkeeper, but other than, other than that, he's not done a lot <laughs> wrong, has he? <laughs> in the heat of the moment, Guys, you you know, as, as a fan, you know, you explode sometimes. What, what did I do that for? And as a manager, you know, and I've been in the dressing rooms and, that, and I've been on pitches where situations like that have happened before. Um, I, I don't blame him, you know. He, he's disappointed that the referee was probably a little bit more in favour of the home team anyway, who didn't give Wrexham anything all afternoon. And I thought maybe with a sending off, he hasn't looked at the video we played that we have the benefit of now, the time he spoke uh, to that goalkeeper. But I thought the goalkeeper play acted and I don't think his reaction after the game towards the Wrexham fan, you know, was very professional what he did. So in that respect, um, I hope they stay in the National League. It reminded me a bit of the sort of, you know, the, the Billy Sharp after match incident because that's the only time that- before, other than, you know, on the touchline, but actually on the pitch, that's the only time I've seen Phil Parkinson really angry before is when Billy Sharp disrespected the fans. So I wondered if that did play into his, his anger a bit. Well, you know, I, I was shocked by that, Billy Sharp. You know, he's a, a great footballer for Sheffield. You can't knock him for that. But his reaction and that and the way he... I think because he couldn't roll over Wrexham as easy as he thought they were, and it was a difficult game in Bokeh, we should have won it, no question about that. Obviously, with the penalty, would have been a, big, a different story. So, in that respect, for them to come out like that, I, I just think probably jealousy, um, you know, um, you, you talk about Wrexham being a smaller club. They're a bigger club, obviously, than Barnet, and, and I certainly more profile than Sheffield that will ever be. I think this is something that all of us Wrexham fans are going to have to start getting used to as well, aren't we? Because we've been so used to being little old Wrexham for quite a lot of time and no one really has been having a pop at us because there's no need because we've been sort of languishing in the National League. And now that we've 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 got a bit of money, we've got some attention, people want to tear strips off us. And you can understand that. And it's quite difficult, isn't it? Because sometimes you see a comment online and you really want to say something and be like, no, that's not. But then you just have to accept that now we are going to be the team that everyone wants to beat. Everyone's going to want to beat Ryan Reynolds and Rob Agrani's team. And you just have to suck it up and enjoy that fact. At least we're not irrelevant anymore. Yeah, but you know what? And, and the sad thing is, and the worry is that 
The National League will never be the same again. When Wrexham get promotion, they're never going to have this profile. It's going to go. It's going to be gone. So all those jealous people, see you later. We're going back into the football league. Forget about you now. You can say what you want about Wrexham. And I, I get people saying, oh, they've had all this money. You know, it, it's a joke. It's not a joke. I, I've been 15 years following Maxim in that National League. It's not been good to watch. It's been difficult. As I said to you guys before, the team that I've never even heard of before, you know, King's Lim and things. I've not been disrespectful, but I've never heard about them since. So, you know, to get back into the Football League and, and to get back, and let, let's make no mistake, anyone that gets promotion from this National League does ever so well in that League too. You know, there's a chance of automatic promotion again next season. There's no question about that. But we will have changes in the squad. The players have done as proud today will probably not be around in the future because in football, you know, guys, you have to you know, move on. You have to improve. So there'll be lots of changes coming in the next few months. Um, for players coming in and players going out. Mickey, you were in the team, obviously, that last 1A league title for Wrexham in you know, an outright league title could you have possibly imagined it would take four and a half decades later to be anywhere near doing something similar we can talk about the 92-93 promotion the 2002-2003 promotion but to not to go that length of time without you know getting your hands on a proper trophy and say you are the champions of that league that is a desperately long time without any you know, tangible success on that level. Well, if you, if you probably might not remember, but when I did leave at the time, Rex, and we were second division championship, it's called now, of course, you know, riding high and doing ever so well. I think we finished 15th and the highest we've ever finished, I think it is. So, you know, the fan base was massive. There's no question about that. We were riding high. Uh, but I don't know really what exactly how it comes to this situation where we ended up in the non-league, you know, financially, um, where, where, you know, behind the scenes, uh, we don't know how it was run, but something drastically went wrong for us, for us to end up into the non-league. But it was, the club was, the foundations were broken. Whatever happened behind the scenes, what we don't know about, you know, someone somewhere along the line was making drastic mistakes and, you know, the, the, the fans paid the ultimate price in the end because, you know, the players come and go, but the fans are always there. So they've got all this heartache for the last 15 years. I never really seen that coming. I really didn't. I didn't know really what was happening behind the scenes. And that, you know, it, it was run, uh, the club was run badly. You wouldn't argue with that anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a crazy ride the last couple of years. I know we've kind of covered the fact that you've mentioned that the profile of the National League will not be the same as and when Wrexham exit, you know, through the, through the, through the, the, the way we want it to go. So with that in mind, is, is it, I suppose the, the question I'm getting at, there's a lot of hate on Wrexham at the moment from those that are jealous and those that look on with a degree of envy. But, and I, I think I know what the answer is going to be the, going to be to this anyway, but if, if ever a set of fans and a town deserve to see some success, and I know it's biased for us to say it, but given the stuff that we've done over the years, the fan marches, people putting their hands in their pocket to keep the club afloat. If, you know, next Saturday and Tuesday go the way you want it to do, I mean, that's just going to be like a like the ultimate reward, isn't it, for all the sacrifices that those people have made in helping keep this club alive? 
Well, you know, the, the most, I mean, I talk to a lot of people and, and I think, you know, the new Wrexham have got new fans on board and welcome anyone on board. Of course you do. It's for what's gone on before. I think they know the real story and really some people can't get tickets now. Some people can't get the games and that. And, you know, the ones that have been there through the dark days have never really been recognised as much as they should have been. There's no question about that. You know, the, the, the money they put in, the you know, the, the, the charities they try to get for the football club, etc. So in, in that respect, in talking about the old days and, and, and how it changed now, I just think in, in terms of, you know, moving forward, you should never forget what's gone before. You know, and, and how the struggles were. I think, you know, it's never been well documented. It's a great story, this, don't make me wrong. But the real dark days is where we never, you know, we nearly went out of business. There's no question about it. We were nearly gone completely. It was a miracle we, we stayed where we did. And, you know, them people should be, you know, I, I think obviously well respected for what they've done for the football club. If we win these next two games, um, how are you going to feel? How do you think you'll feel? Because... Um, I, I know. I mean, I, you know, I, I can't imagine you're a crying man, but I beloved my eyes out the other week, which is well documented about the Ben. Uh, yeah, I loved that. By the way, I like that. I like that. <laughs> what, yeah, what, showing what, your passion. What's going to be your overriding emotion if it happens? Do you not know? Is it something? Because it's something that we've always thought about, you know, for 14 years oh. and counting. Um, so, oh, yeah. My, my thoughts are never let it happen again. Never let it get to that level again. Never, ever, because it's been a complete nightmare, as I said. You know, Wrexham in playing, going to them places I mentioned before, no disrespect to them team. But, you know, that should never have been the case. And that's what I don't want to happen again. As I said, we've got good, solid foundations now. We're, you know, we look like we're going in the right direction. There's no question about that. It's about the team being successful. Everything else will take care of itself. That's what happens. The football team is doing... Wrexham now is back alive. Everyone is flourishing. Everyone's making a few bob. You know, the businesses, you know, Wrexham is the heartbeat the football of the city. There's no question about that. So everyone wants the club to do well, you know, inside Wrexham. Even outside, I think so many people, you know, they're so happy that this thing now is going in the right direction and it's going to change back into the football. It's amazing. Are you aware how you may have been responsible for the takeover by Rob and Ryan? Do you know how you might have played your part in that? Well, not really. No, <laughs> no I, 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 I think... I'll, 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 I'll let Andy tell you. Um, it was all about Arsenal. Humphrey Carr had the video of, uh, was it 100 uh, greatest FA Cup goals? Yours played prominently. He watched it again and again and again. And when... Rob and Ryan said, let's buy, a, well, Rob first said, let's buy a football club. Wrexham came to his mind straight away. So thank you. Thank you, Mickey. Oh, well, I'm, I'm pleased about that. Thank you very much for that little bit of information. I didn't know that. I'll be going asking for a rise off these players. Maybe when they come over <laughs> next time. Yeah, I mean, that's great. I mean, I said, that's what you talk about. Things like that. You talk about Wrexham against Arsenal. You know, we had a history of great results in the FA Cup. So, Things like that people can remember, you know, and as I said, it's all about now moving forward and I mean, good luck to the, to, to the team and the manager. As I said, the next three games, um, I think it'll be done and dusted before we go to Torquay. I, I can come to the Oval and I can come to the Bournemouth, but 
I don't, I don't think I'll be making the uh, talkie trip, but hopefully the home win against Bournemouth would clinch it or, or, or the Tuesday night against Yeovil. Let's hope so. Mickey, can I ask you quickly about, you know, obviously you're, you're, you still do a lot of work with Man United, um, you know, club legend there as well. I wanted to ask you, obviously, with Wrexham going on pre-season tour to America um, this summer, playing United, playing Chelsea, you know, I think I looked it up earlier and Manchester United have got something like 30 million fans in the USA. You know, it, it's a huge revenue generator for them. They're a massive market. How much can Wrexham eat into that? Do you think they have to get the Premier League to get close to that? Or do you think as we move up the leagues, we can really start, you know, we're talking millions and not hundreds of thousands of new fans. And this could be totally revolutionary for the club and the town. Yeah, well, obviously, Ryan and Rob have brought an enormous amount of fans on board. There's no question about that. But I spoke to the American, uh, another American radio station, and I, and I listened to it on another radio station, um, uh, Five Alive, they were saying that um, Wrexham are doing, they've had an input, they said, but it is all about the Premier League, and we know that is the ultimate for everyone, obviously, Premier League football. Um, but I just think what you just said then, if we can continue with promotion after promotion, you know, there's no, you know, how can I say it, I'm not being cocky to anyone that's listening, but, you know, Wrexham have the backing of these two guys, if they continue that and, and put money in, because if you are going to go further up, you have to put your hands in your pocket even more. You know, I don't know how deep the pockets are, but if you want to continue with this success, you know, we know it's not going to be smooth all the way. It's going to be one or two problems along the way. You know, it, it doesn't happen. You can win every game. We know that. You know, you just have to look at Liverpool. who won the league. They thought they team, the best team ever. They disintegrated this season. So, you know, it doesn't happen all the time. You know, you can't win every game and it can't be you know, happy faces week in, week out. Sometimes you're going to come along a rocky road and uh, it's just how you survive that road. Mickey, can I put you on the spot? Yep. Right. How many of this season's team make it into that 77, 78 side? Uh, probably, it's very difficult to answer that. It's a great question, but I'm going to answer it in a way that makes me look a little bit better. It's in terms of the level where we got to, we're talking about championship football. This is League 5 in the National League, so I think it's very difficult to compare that team until they've gone to where we got into the championship. You know, you know the, the comparisons, I mean, this, this is a completely different level. This is not the football league, and I've not been just you know trying to be you know we're better than that. I'm just trying to be brutally honest. It's not the level to compare us at. If you said they were in the same division, then I could have a an opinion saying yeah, they probably could get in the team. We don't know how good these players can be. I don't know whether any of them played in League One or the Champions uh, the Championship. I don't know if anyone has. Has anyone played in the Championship? Lee might have. Lee might have for Luton. Yeah, so only one. I mean. <laughs> Mullen has the potential. There's no oh, question yeah. about that. Yeah. There's no, you know, I watch him closely. His movement and his, you know, his, his footballing brain. He's got a great footballing brain. Um, I like O'Connor. I think he's a very good player. Elliot Lee, um, for sure. I, I, I can think he could play at a higher level. There's no question about that. So, how many we get in our team? Probably all of them at this moment in time. Because I'm 68 and the rest is 70 odd. So they're probably all getting. 
<laughs> Mate, well done. Yeah, you put me right in my box, but with a bit of humour. Thanks very much, Mickey. That's what. That's what well, it's different. It's, it's different. It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's I know, I know, always, I know. It's different areas and that, and I and I respect this team for what they're going to do. You know, get out this national league. I think, I think the short answer there was none, but the best answer was the one that was given for sure. 110. Yeah. Oh no, no, definitely. Yeah, he, he very, very, um, very diplomatically uh, told me to. <laughs> <laughs> told me to, that was a silly question. Uh, yeah, well, it, well, it was difficult, and it. I mean, comparisons are always hard to make, and that, and you know, Paul Mullen's got more than Gary Bennett, whatever, but different level, in it, and that. You know, I, I don't know how Gary Bennett would take that really, but you know, it, it's a much higher level that he played in. You know, the goals he scored and that. So, I mean, but for me, the players at this moment in time, you know, forget about comparisons. This team is going to put Wrexham back on the map, you know, and certainly with a manager, it's going to be fun. When that moment comes, I can't wait to say Wrexham are back in the Football League. Up the Football League we go, that's the song, isn't it? I can't it sing, but that's yeah. Brilliant. And Mickey, going off what you were saying earlier as well, we, we won't go into it too much because we'll be here all night, but you mentioned about, you know, you're anticipating changes, you know, you have to move on in football. Should we get into League Two? Uh, over the next couple of weeks. I won't ask you about everyone, but there's one question I've got, which is that one of the positions that Wrexham still haven't nailed down and is very much in flux is goalkeeper. Now, if Ben Foster says, you know what, I've got the bug back and I love this last eight games, you know, I can I can drive to work. Uh, I don't have to relocate. I want to do another season and get us up to League One. Would you would you say yes, definitely? Or do you think we need to be going out and spending money on a younger goalkeeper who can take us up through the leagues? Well, I think in, the, in today's modern game, if you look at some players of 39, 38, still playing outfield. So he's a goalkeeper, which is, you know, not so much running about. I, I still think... You can have two or three more seasons out of Ben Foster. I know he likes what he does. I spoke to him after the game when he did the penalty save. I had a good conversation with him. I, I like to keep him on board because what he gives, he's got that experience of being there and done it. And I think inside that dressing, as you well know, guys, you have to have them type of players, you know, someone that they can look up to and someone they can listen to. So in that respect, I would like to keep him on board. You know, Rob Layton being very unfortunate with injuries. I do like him, you know, so... In that respect, I, I, I think that would be on my agenda to, to try and entice him to stay another year or two. Mickey, I'm going to give you a few quick-fire questions on, on, the, on this current sort of squad. Uh, first thing that comes into your mind, who do you think is the most skillful? Uh, Elliot Lee. Who's the most underrated? Uh, probably Luke Young. No, I agree with you there. Who do you think could go the furthest? Who do you think you know has the potential to really go up the leagues with or without Wrexham? No one, because if they're any good, Robin Ryan will not let them go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but anyone, I mean, it's, it's ambition, of course. You know, I'm going to say this to you honestly: is that when you're a footballer, you want to go to the highest possible level you can go. And, and obviously, but Wrexham profile at this moment, it'd be very hard to really grab anyone out of that 11 or 15 or whatever group of players it is to, you know, to get them away from the football clubs uh, and think they're on good money as well. Um, but in saying that, I just go back to what I said, you know, if you have ambitions, you want to play higher. There's no question about that. It's like in any job, you want to get further and further up the ladder. Yeah. Um, 
Who would you least like to fight? Least like to fight? Yeah, and I know you'll fight anyone, but um, uh, out of that squad, who are you thinking? Oh, I'm not sure about him. Uh, probably. Well, anyone taller than me, they're all taller than me. They say, um, I don't know, really. I've passed my chance law and getting on in years. I still find my chance. Uh, probably uh, you would have to say uh, Ben Toza because he can throw a ball and I'm sure he can punch as well. <laughs> you can throw you probably after. Oh, I said to him, I said to him at the training ground, doing a little bit, and I said to him, you can throw that further than I could kick it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Incredible. I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic, you know, quality that he has that, you know, is such an advantage to uh, Rexham Football Club. Um, just before we sort of get to the last bit, I just want to just ask about how you are personally, because I know you've you, you, you had your health yeah. problems and I know you're fighting yeah. back. And just just where are you in your sort of well-being at the moment? Uh, well, I still have one or two problems. Obviously, I've got another year of scans, of, uh, obviously, to make sure this cancer doesn't come back and, uh, and trouble me again. So in that respect, I've got about four or five more scans to go uh, for the next year. And hopefully I get through them. I mean, obviously, uh, I, I've never, I've never been big, but I never can ever put any weight on. I, I do have me moments where I have bad injuries, and that, but I have to live with that. And you know, I can only sleep a certain way. So those conditions I've got to deal with. But you know, I, I'm lucky. Some people have had what I have. I'm no longer here. So in that respect, I'm a very lucky individual. Mickey, you've talked brilliantly about the passion for Wrexham. Could you give us a rallying cry to sort of finish finish off with, sort of just where Wrexham, you know, it's not just for the next couple of weeks, but where Wrexham could go, the potential in the future. Where do you see us really going? How, how do you think we can get there? Well, the potential for me is that it's open because if you look where we are now and where we're going, and I know that leads to is winnable next year as well. I know that sounds a little bit cocky, but... I, I believe, you know, we can get into that championship. There's no question about that in, in quick time as well. It's all about the manager and the players that he acquires. And, you know, if he can continue what he's doing um, with his backroom staff, you know, there's no way that you can say Wrexham aren't going to do this. You have to believe that they can do it because these two guys, Rob and Ryan, have got something in their locker that they're not going to let go. You know, this apparently he's brought a house here and uh, you know, they're very much into Wrexham. They're into what's happening. And as I said, the fans love them. They're in love with them. So everything at this moment in time is perfect. And to move forward, as I said at the start of this uh, interview, is that you have to be ruthless. Players that you might think are good enough might not get that chance. They might be just discarding and moved on. It might be wrong, you might think. But if you want to move forward, that's the way you have to go. You have to be ruthless to move on and get the best players in. And I believe with them two guys in charge, we can bring anyone into this football club. Look out, we're now those next. Mickey, just to finish up, um, just just for fun, let's just say that Phil Parkinson has drafted you in as a special guest on the Wood game. We've got the three points in the bag against Yeovil. We need the three to get the trophy. He invites you into the dressing room just before the lads are going out. What is your message to that group of players there and then, just as just before they're about to go down that tunnel? Well, I, exactly what I would say is that I would say to myself is no, don't let it bypass you. Give everything on that pitch. You know, give everything. You know, don't don't wait. Just 
running to where is it? As a footballer, as you said, you gamble, you go and, and, and move into those positions. Don't be brave in that. The, the thing what I, I, I get, it's a connection between fan and player. It is very, very powerful. You know, away from home, the fans have been absolutely incredible. The support has been amazing. So that connection and that love affair is really solid. So I don't think these players are playing with any fear now. I think initially they did. But now they've come to terms of how the fans want this success, just like they do. They've got that understanding. So the, the balance is that fans and players are together. And I think that's the most powerful thing, that they go out there and give everything. And I don't think anything else is needed. <sighs> Can't stop that. There's a, there's a bit of dry, uh, wetness in the eyes going on. Thank you. Oh, for that. Stop crying, I know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm I know. Turns a right mess. But you know, when you said just before I go, is that you just mentioned about crying, whatever, and things like that, is that you know, because I know all you guys personally, is that you know what's gone on. And as I said, the new fans on Bob, we welcome them aboard, of do, but they don't know the real story. And that's why you have been affected with it more than anyone, because you know what it's been like. And you're desperate to get back into that football league. And I can understand your feelings and your emotions. So, I'm with you in that respect. So I, I, I want that to happen and I can't wait to see your faces. And I tell you what, I've been loads of hankies. Just, you know, so just make sure you sort it out. <laughs> can we can we get Mickey out of this before he makes us all cry? I'm turning to Tim oh, here. Right, Mickey, <laughs> bugger off. That's enough of you. <laughs> um, oh. just, uh, two things. Firstly, we're just going to end with predictions. Shall we get Mickey's predictions? And secondly, yeah, yeah, I may have, I may have been slightly disparaging to Porth Maddock earlier. It's an absolutely lovely place. Great narrow gauge railway. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Go down to Porth Maddock. It's a great holiday. They've already right. got your face on the dartboard, Andy. Yeah, well, that's all, it's already too late. Um, right, predictions. So we've got both of these games are like etched onto our minds. We've got Yeovil at home on Tuesday, and then we've got Bournemouth on, on Saturday. I'm going to go first. I'm going to go... I think it's going to be... I think they, they're really going to get the atmosphere. I think they're going to enjoy it. I think it's going to be 2-0 on Tuesday. And I think I think Saturday will be tougher, and I think it'll be nervy, and I think they'll, they'll eke out a 2-1, and the whole sort of race course will just absolutely explode at the at that final whistle. Reese, do you want to go next? Yeah. Every part of my being is telling me that there's that we're gonna do some we're gonna do a Wrexham. And I don't mean not necessarily win the league, but just that this might go down to the last day with a mathematical possibility. And I really don't want that to happen. Um but what I was gonna say was, you know, this team this year has been different this season they've been they've been something else and every time they've had to hold their nerve they've held their nerve um Yeovil are gonna have to win so that's that's good I think because they're gonna come to race course the race course and they're gonna have to try and score I think they probably will score um but I'm gonna say that because they're they open up they're gonna leave themselves holes in the back so I'm gonna say 3-1 to us on Tuesday night leaving uh Saturday to win the league uh if we win the game and uh yeah go on then I'm gonna say the same uh nervy one nil Liam uh I was gonna go for free one as well and I'm gonna stick to that I could see us when you stop doing out your hands every time you talk remember you're on the bloody telly now you've done it twice well all you're doing is is smoking uh, cigars so uh 
Mr. Nicotine Addiction. So, nice of that. Um, so, yeah, 3 1 to Wrexham. I think that Yeovil might score first just because they've got to come out of the blocks. But as you say, I think they'll be quite open and I think we're, we're good enough. If we do what we've done all season, there is no reason why we shouldn't win these two games. So, for that very reason, I'll also go 2 0 against Bournemouth on Saturday. I've, I've been feeling like hell these last few days. Been absolutely anxious out of my mind, but I'm just thinking: do what we've done all season, and that's it. Game over. Tim, four nil. Um, a Jamie record. Go on, go on. Jamie record own goal to set us going. Yeah, and uh, Joe McGuire drew to have a stinker. And yeah, I just, I just think, not the gloves are off. I just think that we've had a bit of a wobble um, in recent games. And I just think we'll come good, and it'll be nice to to, to beat Yeovil because they're the only team that's beaten us at the racecourse since the takeover. You know, it's only them that have won. That was last season. We've had a little wobble against Woking at home. That's about it. So I just expect us to re- to revert back to type at home and just just beat them handsomely, and then that'll set us nicely for Bournemouth. Wood. And again, I think it'll be party atmosphere. I think the players will get a massive welcome from the crowd beforehand. And I think it will be all set up for a nice 3-0 win against Bournemouth. Two clean sheets. Foster signs off in style if he doesn't play for us ever again. Um, and then what can you ask? Well, three, three clean sheets on the bounce. So, yeah, a 4-0 and a 3-0. Let's have it. Come on, Mickey. Can you beat that? I can. I'm going to give Tim. I'm going to obviously eclipse that. I'm going to go 5-0 against Yeovil. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'm not care. I'm not score. I think obviously we'll win the game, but the most important thing that we clinch it at home against Bournemouth. I think for the fans, you know, everyone will be packed into that stadium. Everyone will be there. It'll be massive, a massive occasion. As I said, I celebrate that seven-one against Rotherham. If that is going to be the case again, where we celebrate in style, it'll be one, one big party. I can tell you, there's no question about that. So we'll beat Bournemouth as well, two or three. Why not? Confident. We're at home. Mickey, what a great way to end this. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time as always. Real friend of the pod. Um, really enjoy having you on. Have you have you passion nice. over a couple of a couple of spells with the club and still love us now. Thanks so much. I'll be looking out for you on Saturday and we'll shed a tear together. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks everyone. Thanks Take everyone. Care, Mickey. Pleasure, Thank Mickey. You. Cheers as always, mate. Thank you. Thank you guys.